CNBC has quick and easy to understand business news updates at the open midday and close every weekday. Markets, money, and more from Wall Street to Main Street. I'm CNBC's Jessica Ettinger. Follow and listen to CNBC Business News Updates wherever you get your podcasts. Options Action is brought to you by TD Ameritrade, where you gain access to research tools to help you sharpen your trading strategies. Right now in OA, the consumer on deck. After back-to-back weeks of gains for the XLY, the ETF that tracks consumer discretionary stocks, will set the table for the start of retail and entertainment earnings season. Disney, Ralph Lauren, Capri, and more. Plus rate shock with bond yields all over the map and mortgage rates climbing to fresh cycle highs. What's an options trader to do to hedge their bets? We'll debate that. And later, time to bail on BABA and leave China for India. A look back on an amazing call on Amazon and what traders should be doing next with Uber. I'm Melissa Lee. This is Options Action Live from the NASDAQ market side. On the desk tonight, Mike Coe, Carter Worth, and Brian Stutland. And we start off tonight with the market wobbling a bit this week. The S&P and NASDAQ ending a five-week winning streak. The S&P down over 2%, while the NASDAQ fell over 2.5%. Next week, we'll get the latest readings on inflation with CPI. And we'll also start to get our first reads on the state of the consumer as retail names start reporting. Disney, Ralph Lauren, Capri, all next week. Then the week after, it's the big boys, Walmart, Target, Macy's, Home Depot, Lowe's, and many more. So let's kick it off with the charts here. It has been a mixed bag for retail this year. Um, and Disney stock is negative. So, Carter, what are you expecting here for Disney? Yeah, first, uh, let's look at the, um, the disparity or divergence between the actual S&P 500 consumer discretionary sector and the equal weight sector. So you'll see on the first chart on the screen um, these two lines. One is the actual sector as constructed by Standard & Poor's, up some 34% year-to-date. And, of course, that's dominated by Amazon and Tesla, Home Depot, McDonald's, those four almost 50% weight. The real message of consumer, of course, is the other line. That's the same um, sector, but every stock is given an equal weight. So a Foot Locker, if you will, gets the same as an Amazon. And that's a much different story. But Disney, I mean, this is as big, as important as it gets. Not so much in terms of market cap, but it's a Dow stock. It's a, one of the great brands of all time. And it's on the ropes, right? It's sitting right at a breakdown juncture. Or look at the next chart, same lines, right at a level where it prospectively bounces. So the third and final chart for Disney, is this a bottom from which it responds well to earnings, an up arrow, or is it, as depicted in the first chart, same chart again, a stock that's about to break? I'm in the breakdown camp. I think there's risk here. And so for me, I'm a seller. Uh, Mike, are you also in the breakdown camp? So we actually own Disney in our event-driven long-only book. Uh, and so I'm hoping he's wrong about the breakdown camp. But I will say this. The options market's right now implying a move of about 6%. You know, the stock trading at about 17 times earnings is definitely cheaper than it has been historically. But they're carrying a ton more debt than they were nine years ago, which was actually the same price that we are right now. Uh, if you own the stock, you can buy a $5 put spread for about a buck. Or if you don't and you want to play it for an upside bet, again, I think options are the way to go. A $5 call spread also costs you about a dollar. Those are both expiring uh, next week. But that's the way I would play it. If I could buy put spreads in our long-only book to hedge our long equity, I probably would. But unfortunately, we can't do it there. All right. Let's uh, get some individual trades here. Uh, Mike, going back to you, you're laying out one in a different area, but also in the consumer area. What is it? 
Yeah, in the consumer area, we often talk about Lulu, which, as everybody will know, is one of uh, the Holly Index stocks. I kind of like uh, Ralph Lauren here, and that's a bit surprising given that it's had a tremendous run. But a couple things to think about as we take a look at, look at this one. Uh, number one, they really have uh, essentially a timeless business, uh, multi-generational. I mean, Ralph Lauren was reasonably popular when I was a kid. And, uh, you know, we are seeing still pretty good numbers coming out of them, trading only about 13 times earnings. So I think that's uh, relatively favorable uh, as well. Maybe seven times EV EBITDA, a little bit more than that. Very solid balance sheet, about one and a half billion dollars in cash that they hold right now. And, you know, of course, we are seeing some consumer names trading cheaper than uh, the high flying stocks. But we should just compare this to other luxury rivals, maybe LVMH and things like that. And it is trading a couple turns cheaper than that as well. So uh, this is a name I think that we could potentially play to the to the upside, and I was thinking of using a diagonal call spread for that. Uh, you know, buying a very close to at the money call uh, that expires in October, and then taking advantage of the fact that nearer dated options, of course, are going to exhibit higher implied volatilities. So buying the 140s in October, selling the 145s in August, as a way to uh, make a modestly bullish bet here. Carter, what, how did the charts look? Yeah, I'm in the uh, belong camp for Ralph Lauren. Uh, three charts, they're all the same time frame with different uh, annotations. The first, I think you have a well-defined formation here, a head and shoulders bottom, uh, stock uh, toying with the prospects of breaking out from a range. Second chart, same time frame, same chart, just different lines. Now we put in the downtrend line since its peak in 2021, and we've moved above that comfortably. Uh, final chart, uh, it's it's converging trend lines. All of these things uh, are constructive. It's relative strength to the XRT. It's um, spider uh, grouping is very good. I think you want to be long going into earnings. Brian, what do you think of the trade here? Yeah, I think when you're selling a call, so to speak, in that sort of earnings week or there right thereafter, and you're trying to use that to finance a different call that you're buying, what I like to look at is in earnings, how big a move does the stock make after earnings? And I think it's going to be pretty safe to sell that upside call that Mike was talking about to finance buying a long call. So I love the trade. It plays out well. I don't think you have to be worried about getting called away too soon, and you can still get some upside play. Ralph Lauren really trying to hit in on the sort of luxury brand that's sort of the quiet luxury. And that seems to be the trend that people are going towards. They don't want the in-your-face, you know, Lululemon or Louis Vuitton kind of, you know, show it in your face out there. So playing to the upside makes a lot of sense, and I like the call spread structure. All right, let's get to another area of the market that has seen a nice run lately, China Tech. And one of the biggest names in the group, Alibaba, is gearing up to report earnings on Thursday. So buckle up. Brian's got a double dose of trades for you. Brian, what are you looking at? Well, I think we've talked about this before. We've had people you know, write in on Twitter and whatever. Should we play FXI? Should we play somewhere else in the emerging market world? And I've said I'm more on the side of in the indie area, the nifty 50 kind of names. Baba being one in FXI and one in the Chinese markets, I think it's going to struggle. I think there'll be continual pricing pressure on any of those equity names. But we have seen stimulus packages coming out of China saying they're going to buy into private equity or not pr private names, pr private industry names. Baba could be one of those beneficiaries. So we'll see how this plays out. So if I'm along the stock here, I want to hedge with a put spread on the downside. And specifically looking out, giving myself a little time for this to play out, even though I'm here next week. I'd be looking to buy the October 95.85 put spread for roughly about $3.60 and sort of protect the downside. If I look at the move after earnings, I think I've got enough protection with this put spread to sort of keep myself protected if there's a significant downward move. I don't expect the earnings to be 
that great. Playing to the upside would be all about China being able to stimulate this stock. So I need to have some level of protection. I'd be looking to other areas of the market to play. And one of those being India. And that's an area where I could look to play to the long side. All right. So how are you doing that, Brian? Yeah. So when I do that, I'm looking for sort of this long, short pairs trade. The long side being a long call. Infosys is a name in the India nifty 50. It's got pretty big exposure to financial services in terms of tech consulting. I think where it's a little bit light on and where we could see some significant expansion, if there's manufacturing increasing going on in India, 10% of their sales come from manufacturing consulting businesses and consulting services. So this is sort of my long short tech trade, China versus India, simply just buying a call and playing to the upside there. I think the calls are cheap enough. I can buy it where it's slightly in the money, same sort of time frame, October, buying the October 16 call for a buck 25. And so this sort of finances, hopefully, my purchase of the put spread, my hedge. So if I'm wrong on the hedge here, being long Alibaba and having this put spread on, I can use this long call in emphasis. I think that gets much more of a kicker to the upside over the next couple of months. Mike, what's your take on this pairs trade? It's sort of interesting to pick these two individual stocks as different ways to play these markets. So there's a couple of layers to this trade. Do you like the general direction in terms of pulling out of China tech and going into India? And then do you like the individual names picked to do that? Yeah, well, I, I think if you're going to look to Chinese names, Baba is obviously one of the names you need to take a look at first. This was a very painful place. We were probably a little overexposed to China in the beginning of the year, and that, that was certainly a painful thing to do. Uh, you know, Baba is, if you know, if one's to believe the numbers, is a cheap stock. And I, I think that makes it appealing on the long side. The downside is that if you want to look for potential sources of equity weakness, China has two of them. One is, you know, we've got credit issues there. And the second is we have sort of geopolitical issues. And both of those present meaningful risks. So if you want to be long the stock at a relatively cheap value, I think having that put spread on and looking beyond earnings, as Brian is doing here, makes a lot of sense. And at the same time, if we think of emerging markets as a place to be, then India is clearly a place that one might look to do that. So uh, I think whether you choose Infosys or whether you decided to look to a specific uh, ETF to get exposure to that area, or even South America for that matter, uh, I, I like the trade as a pair. Carter, your take? Uh, my hunch is to be long BABA, independent of uh, the Sensex, how it's acting, or, or um, INFY. Let's look at BABA. This is as well-formed a bottom as you would hope to find. It's an, an incredible instance of weakness. It has reversed. Um, it bottomed the same week as the S&P, essentially. But as opposed to the S&P up 28% from its low, it's up 68%. Uh, I think you've got all the hallmarks of an important uh, bearish to bullish reversal. All right. For everything Options Action, you can check out our website and our newsletter. There is much more Options Action right after this. Coming up, bond market bonanza. All eyes are on treasuries as the move in rates overshadow stocks. How you can get in on the bond bump ahead. Plus, calling all options action fans. Reach into your pocket, grab your phone, and tweet us your question at options action. If it's nice, we'll answer it on air when options action returns. Options Action is brought to you by TD Ameritrade, where you gain access to research tools to help you sharpen your trading strategies. 
CNBC has quick and easy to understand business news updates at the open midday and close every weekday. Markets, money, and more from Wall Street to Main Street. I'm CNBC's Jessica Ettinger. Follow and listen to CNBC Business News Updates wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back to Options Action. Bedlam in the bond market as yields pull back after a big run-up this week. The 10 and 30-year both hitting their highest levels since November yesterday. But if today's whiplash has your head scratching, Mike's laying out the way to hedge your bets. Mike's got the call to action tonight. Mike, take it away. Yeah, you know, this has really been an interesting week. Uh, I don't think I need to tell anybody watching. And we kind of hit sort of uh, peak bearishness, I think, for Treasuries. First of all, we had the credit rating downgrade early in the week. Uh, Since that time... We actually saw the options market on rates, and that is both in the uh, Treasury futures market and in things like TLT also hit sort of peak bearishness. And we had people talking about things like a soft landing. So looking at this chart right here, the way to read this is really the price of 5% out of the money calls relative to 5% out of the money puts. When that chart is really low, you're looking at really bearish sentiment in the Treasury market. And you can see late 2018, right when we went into the taper tantrum, there was a lot of bearishness in Treasuries. And then shortly thereafter, early 2020, we had sort of peak bullishness for Treasuries as the pandemic was breaking out. Uh, And then, of course, this week, we got very close to actually those levels that we saw during the taper tantrum and other periods of real bearish sentiment in bonds. I'm kind of inclined to take the other side of the trade here for a couple of reasons. First of all, the soft landing. I think people are a little bit premature on this. There's a lot of economic headwinds that still remain. A lot of the other data that we're seeing, I mean, even American Express increasing their reserves and set aside. This is basically the most resilient consumers there are. That suggests that consumers are under pressure. We know that treasuries are the safe haven in geopolitical and other sort of disruptive events. And the other thing I would say is that because options on things like treasuries tend to be relatively inexpensive, making a bullish bet can be a a low cost way to to hedge. So the way I was looking at this was simply going out to December. You could buy the par calls. There's 100 strike calls on TLT. Uh, Those were about two and a half bucks when I was looking at those earlier today. And, you know, it doesn't need to get up to 100 Uh, for these to be profitable in the short term. Although I think it's worth noting that that's where TLT was a week ago. So it wouldn't take much for us to get back to those levels with the volatility that we're seeing. And, you know, if we see a a flight to safety, treasuries are going to be a place. If we start to see economic weakness, this is going to catch a bid. And the downside is risking just about two and a half percent of the notional value of the underlying. And you have uh, more than four months until expiration. Carter, do you think Mike's right? I mean, do you think that we're going to see a top in yield soon, if not already? Well, I think that's the key. Already we have. We know that rates peaked to five-year, 10-year, 30-year in October of last year. It's almost a year ago. And um, I think there's this view that somehow rates are going higher. We're breaking out on the chart. I think it's the exact opposite. But let's look at the charts and try to figure it out together. So this is a 10-year yield with no lines, no drawings. Let's put some in. And what do we have? We have a well-defined uptrend. You can see that there. And so the question is, do we or don't we, right, uh, get back to the former high? And then do we exceed it? I think it's this. Let's say we, I'm in the lower rates camp, but let's say we do get back there. Let's say we break out. If we break out, I think it's going to be a classic small event, a head fake, a so-called false breakout. And that's if we even get there. I don't think we're going to get there. The inverse of this is the TLT. Let's put some lines in. I think you have 
what is, of course, the makings of a perfect double bottom. Um, rates peaked 10 months ago, despite what Wall Street continues to say about rates going higher. Brian, what do you think? Well, I think it's interesting. You know, Mike brings up the call to put ratio in sort of the bond market here. And so this is a really cheap way to play TLT back to the upside. If you're in the camp, let's say you wanted to short treasuries using TBT, which is the inverse ETF or shorting TLT itself, buying that upside call might be the way to play to sort of hedge yourself to play to the short side. I think four and a quarter percent is a very key level here in the 10 year, whether we can hold on to that or not. And we're going to get some critical numbers next week. Remember, CPI number on, on Thursday, if that comes in sort of weaker than expected, then yeah, boom, you get TLT probably popping and those calls pay off. So that's going to be a critical number to watch on Thursday. And that's why I'm looking to probably put a trade on like this on Monday. If I want to be short, I'm going to hedge with that upside call. If I want to play TLT to the upside where rates are going to come back down, I'm still going to buy that upside call. So in that sense, I like the trade. Mike, you're not, you're just shaking your head. Why? Well, because... <laughs> You know, let, let's say inflation comes in hot. What is the response to inflation coming in hot? We get increase, another Fed increase. And what does that mean? Does that mean the long bond actually sees higher rates? I actually think the opposite is true. What you get is a bigger inversion because as we increase capital costs and increase borrowing costs, that is actually going to create more pressure for the economy. And actually, I think the long end of the curve is actually going to come in in that case. So I don't see a lot of good basically cases for the long end of the curve to, to really rally sharply here other than really strong economic news. Inflationary data is not going to help. And most of the economic data that we've been getting lately, I don't think is all that bullish. All right. Up next, a check on big tech. Apple and Amazon with some major uh, moves post earnings. How our traders are managing the sour apple and prime pop when fast money returns. Oh, options action. <laughs> Welcome back to Options Action. Some big moves out of big tech. Apple and Amazon heading in opposite directions after reporting results yesterday. And last week, the traders anticipated these very moves. So how are you managing the trades now, Mike? Yeah, I mean, uh, I think obviously the situation with Apple in particular, this is a company they're going to have to do something pretty spectacular with that iPhone 15 to sort of bring the mojo back. As for Amazon, Look, I mean, I think you stick with this one until it stops working. I mean, we we closed pretty weak today. Amazon closed higher, and I would stay with it until that fails. Brian? Yeah, I think this is an interesting trade. I mean, we outlaid this out. We, were, we got it right. But here's the thing with Apple. When you look historically back since the invention of the iPhone, sort of every big market sell-off has been coupled with Apple essentially literally doubling off its lows. So could that happen? I would say if Apple starts to pull back even further here, if the market sort of softens over the next week or two, I'd be a buyer finally getting back into Apple and look to rotate out of the, some of the other big, you know, Microsoft, Google, Amazon kind of names. But this has been a winner so far. I'll let it ride a little bit longer. What do you see in the cards, uh, charts, Carter? Sure. So, I mean, if you think about it, um, earnings-related news quite often creates a pop or a drop as depicted, right? And we had a pop in Meta, but it didn't have any follow-through. We had a pop in Netflix. We had a pop in Boeing, in Union Pacific, Caterpillar, but no follow-through. Um, Google. And so, but which dropped? Apple and Microsoft. Those two, they weigh it more than those other five I mentioned, then some in the S&P. Um, we're churning. There's little left. It's NVIDIA and we'll see. But basically, um, Markets a better sell than a buy here, and I would resist the temptation to step in thinking that the selling is over in a Microsoft 
um, or an Apple. I think the more nuanced thing is to figure out should you grab the money in Amazon or some of these things or pop or at least sell calls because we have very little fuel left. What do you think is the downside to Apple at this point, Carter? What's the next level? Well, remember, and that, that's the irony of the whole thing. Um, Apple's relative performance to its sector peaked at the end of Q3 of last year. So despite this incredible run um, from its October lows, it actually is still underperforming on a nine-month basis. I think it's got more downside unknown, but there's nothing that I know as a matter of technique to step in after a one-day drop-in gap and just buy it. There's no, there's no technique to that. It's just All guessing. Right. Up next, your tweets and the final call. Welcome back to Options Action. Time to take some tweets or X's. Our first X says, how do, you, how do we feel about the Uber $50 calls for October with this earnings pullback? Plenty of time in stock is going to be profitable moving forward, according to the CEO. Mike, what do you think? Okay, so I will leave the judgment about the underlying stock to others, but I will just address the options. And right now, 10% out of the money calls expiring in two to three months, and those are the calls that you're talking about, are about as cheap as they have ever been since options were listed on the stock. So if you're inclined to make a bullish bet and you found a level that you want to target, options are the way to play it right now. All right, we've got time for another one. This one asks, DraftKings has had a decent run and announced very good numbers. In the event that there's some short-term profit taking in what's essentially a bullish case, thoughts on selling short dated August $32 calls, buying longer dated October 35 calls. Uh, Carter, what do you think? I mean, what an excellent characterization of the situation. Yes, it's been on a great run. It did have good earnings. It popped today, but faded. And those levels are just right. I think you can hold off on, on buying the October 35s. The August 32s close at, at a buck and a quarter. I would sell those now. And then in the event of a further dip, I think you can get the October 35 calls closer to 125. They close at 170. All right. It is time now for the final call. Last word from the options pits. Carter Braxton Worth, kick it off. Yields dropped and so did the stock market. No, not good action. I think the final trade is SPY short. Brian Sutland. Uh, use a pairs trade to hedge Baba stock with a foot spread and buy a call on emphasis to play the upside in India market. Michael Coe. You know, another way to hedge is to get long TLT using call options December 100s. And I also like Ralph Lauren going into earnings. All right, that does it for us back here next week, next Friday, 5.30 p.m. Eastern Time. CNBC's special Taking Stock starts right now. Options Action is brought to you by TD Ameritrade, where you gain access to research tools to help you sharpen your trading strategies. All opinions expressed by the Options Action participants are solely their opinions and do not reflect the opinions of CNBC, NBC Universal, their parent company or affiliates, and may have been previously disseminated by them on television, radio, internet, or another medium. You should not treat any opinion expressed on this podcast as a specific inducement to make a particular investment or follow a particular strategy, but only as an expression of an opinion. Such opinions are based upon information the Options Action participants consider reliable, but neither CNBC nor its affiliates and or subsidiaries warrant its completeness or accuracy, and it should not be relied upon as such. To view the full options action disclaimer, please visit cnbc.com forward slash options action disclaimer. CNBC has quick and easy to understand business news updates at the open midday and close every weekday. Markets, money, and more from Wall Street to Main Street. I'm CNBC's Jessica Edinger. Follow and listen to CNBC Business News Updates wherever you get your podcasts.